0: Hi, folks. Keith here, and welcome to another episode of Movies and a Meal, a podcast where we talk about movies and more, all while enjoying a meal. As always, I'm joined by Ben. Hey, what's up? And Brad. What's up? And this week we have an entry in what are my favorite episodes to do—a true grab bag of new and recent movies. First up is Ben with a look at the Netflix sequel Extraction Two, a Russo brothers flick starring Chris Hemsworth. And second is my look at the new Pixar movie Elemental followed up by Brad and I diving into Evil Longoria's Flamin' Hot, and finally, I'll take a look at the new Wes Anderson movie, which just opened, Asteroid City. And so first up, Brad, tell us what Extraction 2 is all about. All right, summary is always courtesy of IMDb. After barely surviving his
1: grievous wounds from his mission in Dhaka, Bangladesh, Tyler Rake is back, and his team is ready to take on their next mission. As Keith mentioned, you know this movie
2: is written by Joe Russo, and it's in the Russo brothers family because uh, the director Sam Hargraves is a stuntman for them. He directed the mm-hmm. first one. Sam Hargraves also was like Chris Evans' stunt double for like Winter Soldier and all that, oh, so wow. he knows a lot of action. So he's the director. Yes. Cool. The first one came out. Extraction came out on Netflix. In, like it was like maybe a month into the pandemic in 2020 and i reviewed it and it's one of the movies that i actually felt like i reviewed too low i think i originally mm-hmm. gave it a two and a half when probably should have been a three and the sequel actually kind of improves on that movie as well um you know it's all it's all about action i mean Chris Hemsworth is is the main guy again in this. You know he's kind of a mercenary who is like you know tasked with a mission, and that's kind of a personal one. I won't go into the, all the spoilers, and but really it's two it's two hours of action. There's basically the first act has 20 minute one shot action piece that starts mm. from a prison break, and goes into a big train sequence, um, which is pretty awesome. The second act is uh, a raid, and the third one too is kind of a, a big showdown, uh, but. It's a good showcase for Chris Hemsworth. I'm happy to see him in another series of movies that not necessarily is Thor, just because I you know, I think they, these roles kind of fit him well. And unlike Chris Pratt, who kind of is in the same lane in a lot of things, um, he seems to still be able to retain some of the humor. Uh, maybe not as outlandish as much as in like the Thor movies, but... He can be charming and the action guy, but also a little bit funny, too. I enjoyed it. I mean, it, the action's pretty nonstop, for sure. And, you know, this movie's two hours, two minutes. And we were, like, through one of the set pieces, and I was just like, we still got 40 minutes left in this movie? Like, it's going to top that? Pretty strong, for sure. Um, so
0: the action sequences keep getting better and better? It's good. You
2: know, it's John Wick. It's in the same John Wick family, John Wick action. The, the one-shots... That was kind of the signature from the first movie, and if you look at the behind the scenes, if you ever watched it, you know, it's some, there's some great action in that one, and Sam Hargraves, he just took it to another level, because there's a car chase in that, and the director is actually filming it handheld <laughs> on the hood of another car that's following the car, and he's literally passing it to, he's passing the camera to the people who are chasing it on the motorcycle and all that, it's just really inspired. To borrow Brad's category, um, I think my underrated MVP is Gold Shifrin Farahani, who plays Nikki, who is in the first movie as kind of more of a support character, a little bit more than a guy in the chair, but but uh, a little bit less than a full blown action star. Well, this one she really does get to kick ass in this movie, and it, you know that was that was pretty good. The story's fine; it's good enough. Um, you get some cameos from some other people, MCU people? that you that you're familiar oh. with. Yeah, there's a couple. One I wasn't really expecting, and I won't go into it. Maybe. Just you know, be surprised. But yeah, there's um, I'll I'll drop a hint. There's a kind of an MCU reunion um, for maybe some characters, some actors that Chris Hemsworth has uh, maybe crossed over with over the years. But I don't, I, actually, no. <laughs> for Brad's sake, I'll say no. I think it's kind of like John Wick and John Wick Two, where the John first John Wick was pretty good, and now that they've been emboldened to make a sequel, they feel confident to kind of like turn everything up a notch and. It works well. Well, I saw the first one, so I'm excited. Yeah. I'm glad to know it's better, because I really like the first one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, again, maybe it's a little too long, and maybe that second act action sequence would probably be the end of the movie and a lot of other movies, but <laughs> it's satisfying. I'm going to give this movie a three and a half out of five. Yeah. Um, I'd recommend it. Um, there's no box office for this, but it's been number one on Netflix. At least when I turned it on yesterday, it was number one, and I think it's been number one um, since it came out on June 16th. If you like the first one, you'll like this one better. I think it's... Everything has improved I'll, on that.
1: so I'll probably watch it too. Yeah, Ben, you want to take a crack at Rotten Tomatoes? Sure.
2: I think, you know, the first one, I think a lot of people were actually with kind of my initial review at like two and a half or three. But I think they've really kind of perfected the formula a little bit more. And so Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to go 78. And for the audience,
1: I'm going to go like 89. You're almost spot on on both, Ben. Okay. Critics, 77%, okay. 110 <laughs> reviews. Audience, 88%, oh, 1,000 okay. plus wow. reviews. So. I, know,
2: I know the first one, I think Rotten Tomatoes, maybe it was the critics, uh, was like 67. So and, and I know that people like me liked the second one better than the
1: first, so <laughs> that was my shot. So. So. Okay. Critics consensus, courtesy of Rotten Tomatoes. Bigger, bolder, and in some respects even better than its predecessor, Distraction 2 is an over-the-top action thriller done right. Audience says about this movie, the story's a little deeper than the first one, but more importantly, Extraction 2 is absolutely packed
0: with action. Sure, sure. Cool. Well, moving right around, Brad, I believe our second movie is Elemental. So, what is that one about? All right. As always, summary courtesy of IMDb, follows Ember and
1: Wade in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together.
0: That's a pretty good summary. I left out, of course, that this is a Pixar movie, but that's okay. We had all seen the trailers, you know, several times, and I gotta say I was not that excited. Um, like, the trailer for Asteroid City is just astounding. You can tell that's gonna be a lot of fun, but this one kind of left me cold. But, you know, I like going into a movie with mixed expectations, and this one exceeded almost all of them. I really, really liked it. And, you know, Pixar was really a evil winner because their last two, Turning Red Lightyear, just left me cold. And Turning Red they didn't even put in theaters. Which, you know, is a real... And they didn't with um, Luca either, which is a real step down for Pixar. So I'm glad this one went back in theaters. And I know that it's gotten pretty good reviews. I'm not the only one that liked it. If you're a Pixar fan, um, I wasn't expecting it to be so well animated. Um, if you want to see it on the big screen, because the world of Element City really comes to life. And it's vivid. And it's it's really fun. There's a lot of hidden little charms throughout. And the story, I was really surprised that this is really an immigrant's tale. I, I mean, I had no idea. And they really didn't play this up in the... Uh, Advertisements and probably because it's a kids movie, and I get it, but um, I should not be surprised I guess because this was from director Peter Sohn and uh, co-written by Brenda Sue and Kat Lakai. They give this one a real Asian kind of feel that's very welcome. It's very organic and really good. And in the world of Element City, we learn early that Bernie and Cinder Lumen, voiced by, voiced by Ronnie Del Carmen and Sheila Omi, are new immigrants to Firetown, where they open a store called The Fireplace and are subject to many levels of xenophobia in a realm where it's well-established the elements just don't mix. Firetown is cleverly modeled after the Chinatowns that pop up in American cities, and it's all tackled with more seriousness than I expected for an animated movie. Another level on which elemental works better than I expected is as a romantic comedy, again aided by great voice work by Leah Lewis as Ember Lumen and Mamadou Athi as water element Wade. Fire and water don't mix, of course, so it makes for the perfect romantic comedy storyline, and watching them flirt is just a joy throughout. As a romantic comedy, this is also perhaps the best one Pixar has done yet. This all adds up to a much better movie than I expected. That works on many levels. So, to put it in perspective, my top Pixar movies are the Toy Story trilogy, Ratatouille, Incredibles one and two, and Coco. how Good Elemental is it's like right behind those. And for that, I will give it an affectionate three and a half stars and recommend this one very highly. Keith, what's your thoughts on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I didn't, I didn't peek, but I think the critics were really high. I'll go eighty. Fans not so much. I'll go maybe sixty. All right.
1: Critics seventy five percent, one hundred eighty four reviews. Audience ninety two percent, one thousand plus reviews. Wow, that's right.
0: impressive. Because you know, like I said, there's still a lot. There's a lot of issues going on here. So I'm glad that people got into it. That's good.
1: And uh, critics' consensus, courtesy of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Elemental may not satisfy as fully as the greatest Pixar pictures, but it remains a solid story told with dazzling visual flair.
0: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly.
1: Audience says. With a heartwarming message and stunning animation, Elemental proves Pixar hasn't lost its touch. Yeah, it is a
0: real comeback for Pixar. I'm impressed. All right, moving right along. Next up is Yves Longoria's Flaming Hot. Flamin' Hot, I should say. So, Brad, what is this all about? Ah, summer is always courtesy of IMDb. The inspiring true story of
1: Richard Montane- Montanez, who as a Frito-Lay janitor, uh, disrupted the food industry by channeling his Mexican heritage to turn Flamin' Hot Cheetos from a snack into an iconic global pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. Well, this was your pick, Brad. So go
0: ahead. What did you think?
1: I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I liked. It. it was a good movie. I, uh, Jesse Garcia, the main uh, main actor, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's wonderful as uh, Richard Montañez. He's charming, he's a smooth talker i mean he he uh and I think he molds well with the character and he has like the and I'm not trying to stereotype here, but he has like the Louise st- uh storytelling in ant man like he oh, yeah. go, he goes off like he can go off tangents mm-hmm. and stuff yeah, like he has that it which which, which, yeah. which which i really enjoyed so. Mm-hmm. The bigger names that are the smaller parts like Dennis Hayspert and uh, Tony Shalhoub, which I'll be honest, when I saw Tony Shalhoub, it yeah. took me a little bit to figure out who he was. Me too. So I was like, yeah, um, as Roger and, and Rico. They do, they do a good job. I don't want to get too much into it because I know, Keith, you've seen it too. Um, mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on it, Keith? So. Well,
0: I mostly liked it too. You know, things never happen in a vacuum. This is now the third movie about ingenuity. I was gonna say American ingenuity, but of course Blackberry is a I believe, Canadian company. But anyway, um, you know, three movies about ingenuity. Air, Blackberry was the best of them. Then this one, I'd say, is third. Tetris? Uh, I, 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 unlike most of the world, although these guys haven't seen it, they, Tetris is a fun movie. Anyway, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but Flamin' Hot, i say, is the, 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 the worst of the three, but it still has a lot of spirit. You're right, Jesse Garcia is great. And also Annie Gonzalez as Judy Montañez, who they kinda support each other throughout, and they're they're really good together. I gotta say, what didn't do it for me was the writing. I know you to compare it to Air is a high standard, what Alex Combri did was very witty. This one, there's too many rah rah speeches that aren't terribly well written that really make it drag a bit. But overall I I did like the spirit of it.
1: Yeah, anyway. I agree, but I think they also tried to make that a sort of like uh Montañez's like like thing. Like he was he was a type of guy who he tended to, tend to try to rally people around because it's mm-hmm. like cuz cuz I mean in the factory the factory at points is facing shut down people are getting laid off so it's just he's like the guy that's trying to everybody knows to try to uh, try to build up they tried to make that as his character. I did appreciate that.
0: The they they the, the, the save the factory angle. It's, it's a very rousing movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely one it's definitely your rags to riches mm-hmm. typical story. After I watched the movie, or almost when I got done watching the movie, I then found out about the article that the LA Times did, <laughs> where they kind of disputed Montaignez's. So um, I, I didn't look. So what is not true? Well, well this is all spoilers, I guess. It, it, should I call it spoilers on this? Yeah, go ahead, Good sure. I mean, it's, Well,
2: I mean, the thing right. is, the thing okay. is, this is real life. Yeah. Um, these are even if it's inspired by. I mean, this isn't like Extraction, where I like movies that take liberties. These, so, these, yeah. This is a, this is an actual like historical mm-hmm. thing. So I mean, whatever. Just if. I don't know. I thought it was spoilers. I thought it was, I spoilers. It I thought it was yeah. spoilers.
1: Spoilers! Turn away! Flaming away now! <laughs> so the movie follows all the autobiography, his autobiography to a T. So it, is all, it all happened? To his biography. To okay, his autobiography. Okay, to what he said. I mean, okay, to what he okay. says. But the LA Times, they, the biggest discrepancy between the, the two is um, who create, created the Flaming Hot brand.
0: That's a big discrepancy. Yeah, because the times <laughs> the times
1: interviewed over a dozen former employees, mm-hmm. reviewed archival records, and even got a statement from the company that disputed the claim from that PepsiCo? he.
0: Yeah. Wow. That
1: they, uh, I don't know if it's PepsiCo, but so uh, who
0: who did come up with it?
1: Well, the Flint and Cheetos line was invented by. This is what Frito Lay says. It was invented by a team of Frito Lay corporate employees in 1989 huh. in Plano, Texas. As a junior employee, Lynn Greenfield, she's the one who, uh, the employee who they interviewed about it, the person was okay. in charge of it. Let me <laughs> change that. So, Montaigne spirit-headed a line of products called Sabresitas, uh, Cyber, which uh, which was targeted. It's like at the same time? Yeah, to an extent, which targeted Latino customers in L.A. in 1994, five oh, years afterwards. So, okay. uh, after the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So,
0: they came out before he came up with his idea.
1: Well, that's what the Times is saying. That's a big difference. Saying. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's what the Times is saying. So, yeah. but... I like the way they handled it, because there's there's two ways you can handle a biography. You can either have it almost to a T with changing minor things, which I can kind of, which I can deal with, or you can just make crap up. And that's, those are the biography things that I hate, unless they do it in a satirical way. <laughs> no, I,
0: I, you're right. If you're all in and you make shit up, people know you're playing with the yeah. truth. That's okay. Like the Weird Al. Just man, like Weird out. Out. Al. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so,
1: the way they did it was they, they kind of showed both ends of the story. Because they would show Montaignez's point of view, and then they would have like a quick aside. Like one of the sides was they showed some people in a lab trying to make yeah. their. And Montaignez says, but they didn't have the soul of it or, or something. His like narration that. was so cheesy. Yeah, but, but, it, 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 but he had enough course, <laughs> Garcia had yeah. enough yeah. swabness yeah. to do there. So, yeah. so I mean, it's just I, I kind of like the way that they had both both stories in mm-hmm. there. And it's it's almost like it's like well you can kind of come up with the way you think it is so but it
0: clearly says he did it
1: yeah there. no it does <laughs> no it does and I mean and and he was he was a part of it he might have not been yeah a big I'm okay part. with that yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean I don't need something to be exactly accurate have some fun
1: yeah. You know? i kind of cycling back, I mentioned Haysbert and uh, mm-hmm. uh Haysbert, I love this. He, he's like the shovel that pushes the story along. It's mm-hmm. like he's he's like the one that pushes Montañez in the right way. Cause I like there and I like Shalud sort of like aloofness to an extent. Uh, they place the character. I mean, it's just like his interactions with Richard are probably uh, the best mm-hmm. in the in the movie with their awkwardness. Just yeah. just the awkwardness between the two were fun. And you mentioned Annie Gonzalez. I really love her part yeah, as, she, as Judy. Like you said, the supportive wife, but also mm-hmm. when she needs to say her piece she does a great job with it and yeah. it's, it's very well done <laughs> she's so. very funny yeah. she's one of the better so, written parts Yeah, but no, um, you're
0: right those are two of my favorite actors and they're both very well done I particularly laughed whenever Tony Shalhoub opened his mouth he was fantastic and I've always liked Matt Walsh you know, he's kind of towed that line of he does a mix of funny and straight characters this is one of his more serious characters but still very funny and he plays the shop foreman he's very good
2: so mm-hmm. let me ask you Brad because you obviously love Fleming Hot products in fact um, <laughs> by the time maybe you listen to this we'll have posted the photo of um, the Flaming Hot Cheetos bag that Brad had <laughs> morning
1: uh, to eat. So, does this here change your opinion about Flaming Hot at all, um, Flaming Hot stuff? I mean, it's it's good to know the backstory behind it, I guess, even if it is disputed. I mean, it's changed my opinion, though. No. I mean, they're still, still good. Love still uh, they're still good products. Everybody loves a little heat. Like, like the little kid said, it's like, hot, 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 hot. It's like, yeah. is it a good heat? Yeah. And he's like oh yeah so yeah so so yeah so it's like i said people love hot stuff Mm -hmm. they love feeling a little pain but not Mm -hmm. enough to make them drink water out of the sink for like five minutes so
2: so brad uh let me put you on the spot like what are your favorite flaming hot products then
1: (laughs) i love the 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 flaming hot fritos they're the the, uh they're very good because they have a little extra flavor in fact me and my friend we we love our hot stuff and uh I, he always I always make sure I get a bag of them because those those are his favorites. So, but I like the the Doritos and the Cheetos are good. Probably I'd have to go the Doritos probably have a little bit more kick than the Cheetos, but probably not by much. So, so they're they're all they're all good products. I mean they all it's not like overbearing heat. It's not like the one chip challenge where it's like you <laughs> you're eating it and like you're literally like, like chugging milk or throwing up. But but I mean it's enough heat that it gives you a little well it gives you a little bit of fun in your mouth.
0: So okay, that's I'm, a good it's way to uh, say it. I'm you know, I think the Freeders are the best, I think. Yeah. You know. So, But overall, you know, even with the script problems, which were not minor, hats off to Eva Longoria. Yeah. This is her first feature. I know she made one other documentary, which I haven't seen, called La Guerra Seville, about De La Hoya and Chavez documentary. I'd like to see that. But according to IMDb, she's back. She'll be back with um, a white collar comedy called 24-7, which will also star her and Kerry Washington. So she'll be back, and I'll definitely watch it. All right, so no box office, and
1: uh, so we'll go to the Rotten Tomatoes guessing uh, game. You want ratings? Oh yeah! After you do the ratings, you go first. right? Maybe. Let me go first. I'm gonna give it a three out of five. It's uh, it's a good, it's a good movie. Like I said, it's like he said, it's the the script's a little wishy washy at times, and uh, even though it, it plays it off well, like I think there's a little bit of a black mark with the question mark <laughs> between who actually created it, but the story's. <laughs> And the story is kind of formulaic, but I think they play it off with enough charm to actually make it pretty good. So
0: I'll go three out of five, too. I mostly liked it, and you can watch it on, I think, both Disney and Hulu. So, you know, if you like this kind of movie, watch it. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. now it's time for Rotten Tomatoes. Brad, you can go first. Yes. Yeah. You, um, it's your movie.
1: All right. I'm going to say critics, say 65%, uh, audience, I'm going to say 81
0: can All right, well, just for fun. I'll go 60. I don't think, I think people are even harder than me on this. I'll go oh. 85 for the fans. People love the hot, flaming hot. You know.
2: Okay, you guys split the difference a little bit. Uh, Brad, you were closest on audience 68% for, mm. I'm sorry, wait, the tomato field. Yeah, 68 for the critics. Audience score was 90. Um, nice.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not surprised. It's a uh. good movie.
2: Critics' consensus Flaming Hot may have a little more than its share of empty calories, but this fun. <laughs> Feel Good Story is still a decent cinematic snack. And then the audience says, Flaming Hot is inspirational and funny, underdog story that should resonate with anyone who's ever had a dream.
0: Well, there there you go. I can't argue with that. Yep. All right.
2: So, on to the next one, right? All right.
0: Well, our final course today in the grab bag is Asteroid City. So, Brad, what is this about?
1: Summary courtesy of IMDb, and I believe this is the longest of the day, so settle in, guys. <laughs> well, it's a West African Exactly. <laughs> Following a writer on his world-famous fictional play about a grieving father who travels with his tech-obsessed family to a small role Asteroid City to compete in a junior stargazing event, only
0: to have his worldview disrupted forever. That wasn't that long, but that's a pretty good summary. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on here, and you know... Um, I was psyched for this one. It was partly because I, you know, I'd seen the the reviews were coming in, and they were really good, and the trailer looked very good, and thankfully, it did not disappoint at all. Now, to set the stage, I am a Wes Anderson completist. I've seen every single one of his movies, and there's only one I really hated, the Darjeeling Limited. That's just a terrible movie. On the other side, there are a five-hour you later that I just revere completely, and the good news is this one comes in right behind those. I put it along with um, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, and it's kind of in the same category. It's very whimsical and very fun. The thing that stands out first with Asteroid City is that even though Anderson has compiled some seriously impressive casts through the years, this one is really his best yet. And when you lead with Tom Hanks and um, Scarlett Johansson, who I don't believe he'd had either of those before.
2: Um, Scarlett Johansson, you
0: know. yes, but she was, she was only a voice in the Isle of Dogs. Ah, well, Tom Hanks has been added, and that's when you know you've hit the big time. He I mean, already wasn't a big time, but, you know. And the real accomplishment here is that this story he wrote with his frequent coca spirit of Roma Coppola is that even with all these people in it, they all have memorable parts, and really no one is wasted. At the center, as Brad kind of explained, is a it is, it is, it is a little too meta, I will say that. It is, there is, it is a play about what takes place in Asteroid City, and when it goes back and forth between that, it's a bit much. But when it sticks to the Asteroid City story, it's really good. And at the center are Jason Swartzman as photographer Augie Stiebeck, and Scarlett Johansson as movie star Mitch Campbell. And they're both really good. It's their burgeoning romance, as they're, go, they're among the strandees in Asteroid City, that gives the movie all its heart. And equally engaging are Jake Ryan and Grace Edwards as Woodrow and Dinah, their children, who chart their own course of love. Anderson has always been great about writing parts for young people, and these are his best since Moonrise Kingdom. Now we'll run through the entire huge cast, and believe me, everybody's in this. Tom Hanks is, of course, does, of course doesn't disappoint as Augie's father-in-law. And relative Anderson newcomer Jeffrey Wright, who's been in a few movies with him now, gives a great Dr. in turn as General Gibson, who works to contain all the absurdity that unfolds here. And I don't want to reveal too much of the story, because it's really just a joy to unfold. But I will say, like I said, it's too meta at times. It's fun to see Brian Cranston dipping in and out as kind of the narrator of the play aspect of this. But it kind of takes a little bit away from what is probably Anderson's 20th script since Rushmore. I mean, this is really, really funny. Along with the script and Love stars, the setting of Asteroid City is as much a star in, in, in this, and really a wonder to behold. He managed to create a mid-20th century desert town, famed for its meteorite, And it's one of his best examples of world-building, especially since he and his crew assemble the whole thing in Spain, where Anderson makes his home. It comes to life in a kind of washed-out technicolor, and it's really used to great effect to pay tribute to the movies of the 1950s he so clearly adores. And, you know, like I said, um, this is nearly top-shelf. Anderson, I'd say my top five are Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, the Royal Tenenbaums, of Mr. Fox, and uh, um, Grand Poopest Hotel. I left that one off. But this one I put right below it, so it's a really, really good movie. It's a pretty perfect mix of wit, whimsy, and wonder, and I will give it four stars. <laughs> and so, I guess it's Rotten Tomatoes time, then. Mm-hmm. Critics and audience. Wait, uh, did you give your review? Sorry. I did. Yeah, you gave yeah. it four. Okay, um, it four out of five. You know, I will say, when the when movies are bad to midland, it gets in the 50s. I know that this one is not. It's very good. So I will go seventy-five from the critics and eighty-five from the fans. Critics spot on, Keith. Seventy-five percent, one hundred sixty-five mm-hmm. reviews. Audience sixty-four percent, fifty-plus reviews. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm not actually I should have gone closer to that. It's it's a little too meta, but I'm glad they didn't hate it because it's still a good movie.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, critics' consensus, courtesy of uh, Rotten Tomatoes: "Asteroid City is un- unlikely to win Wes Anderson many new converts, but those <laughs> who respond to his signature style." We'll find this a return to the immaculately arranged form. Yeah, it is definitely a return, return to top form for him. So, all right. So, weekend box office numbers. Do we? Should we take some guesses? or do You only just go ahead and fire oh, them all. Nah. Just fire them all. All right. Well, we'll start at number six. Uh, number six, Asteroid City, nine million dollars this week. Two week total because I believe this is the first opening week. Uh, first.
0: Oh, Full yeah, opening wide. weekend,
1: but I think they had a limited release last week. was $10.2 million. So that's a total? That's a total. That's pretty good Two for Wes Anderson. It's not bad. Uh, I
0: think Word of Mouth will help a little bit, but it's not going to get much
1: higher. $9 million for open weekend. So That's a good, that's uh, good for Wes Anderson. Uh, number five is Transformers Rise of the Beasts. $11.6 uh, million. Three-week total, $122.9 million. Nice. Uh, number four opening weekend, no hard feelings. Fifteen point one million dollars. That's so, a good number. I like that. Uh, number three, just barely running by by it is the Flash with fifteen point three million dollars this week. Two week total of eighty seven point that's, six that's million a dollars. Big drop. Yeah. Wow. It is. So, <laughs> number two, uh, already mentioned in the podcast, Elementals eighteen point five million dollars. Two week total of. Sixty-five point five million dollars. That's a
0: really actually good number. For yeah. Pixar. Pixar should be happy with that. Yeah. You know?
1: And then number one, um, swinging by Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, nineteen point three million dollars. Really. Four-week total of thirty three hundred seventeen point one million dollars. So awesome. I had a comeback because I know Transformers unseated like the
2: following week. Yeah. But now it's back and it's, 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 I think it's older it was, and it's back.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Uh, was it in second last week? Or was hold up? I got to write. Cut it right in a second. Let me find the, uh, Yeah, the Flash... Uh, actually, Spider-Man finished in third last week, so... So it's uh, come back. Yeah, so uh, Flash and Elemental finished one, two last week, so...
0: I'm, I'm not a little surprised it, came, it made a comeback, probably because it's a good movie, but it's also movie. there wasn't much this week, so... Yeah. You know, and we'll say It won't be that indie next week, of course. But, you know, um, those are really bad numbers for the Flash. This is a problem yeah. for DC. It yeah. is a problem for DC. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, I think that's a sign that, And, you know, uh,
0: the Blue Beetle, I believe it's called... That's probably going to be a good movie, but I can't see that one doing crazy
2: box office. Um, yeah. I, I think relative to what the expectations are, I think it'll be fine. The Flash, you know, everybody from Tom Cruise to, like, Stephen King, everybody was like, this is mm-hmm. the DC movie, and it barely made more than uh, Transformers. And yeah. the plot is essentially we, what we saw two weeks earlier with yeah, Spider-Man exactly. across uh, Spider-Verse. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: What are you so, going to do? I, gonna I, do? Too bad. I think it just hit a... Bad batch of uh, movies and just the 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 uh, the press on it with yeah. uh, unfortunately with well um, they Edward. tried to bury Ezra but yeah. they can't completely no
2: all right so I think maybe it's time to wrap this episode up then so all right
0: you can find us at movies and meal og at gmail.com, dot uh, com movies and meal on Twitter and give us a listen on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, podcast, wherever you find podcasts. Okay, alright, so next week I think India
2: Jones, The Dial of Destiny. Excellent. So, alright, so for this episode of Movies and meal I'm Ben. And Keith. Brad, please!